listening to the PharmaXL podcast, a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network with over 100,000 downloads a month. Hello, PharmDays. I'm Katrina, your host and a fellow pharmacist. And on this show, I want to help you unlock your potential and flourish as a pharmacist. We'll cover everything in pharmacy, from ways to own your career to self-care, to insights in digital health, pharmacogenomics, and beyond. So PharmDs, stay tuned, because your journey to be inspired to own and excel in your pharmacy career starts here now. Hello, pharmacists, and welcome back to another episode of the PharmaXL podcast. I'm your host, Katrina Azer, and today we're going to dive, finally, into the steps of building your career or mapping your career strategy that we've been talking about in the last uh, two to three episodes. So I know this is going to sound a little bit robotic, but I'm going to personalize it as much as I can. But uh, this episode is pretty much uh, outlined in the way of steps that you can take um, to action or implement a career strategy. Hopefully you've taken the time to answer some of the questions or all of the questions I have discussed in the last couple of episodes, because I think they are fundamental to you understanding where you come from and where you're heading um, rather than just being on cruise mode which is what we discussed in the last episode it is really important that you know what it is that you actually want rather than just taking up any opportunity that comes your way that you think appeals to you it needs to align with your ambitions your vision uh, your life your purpose and uh, needs to fulfill you as a pharmacist but also allow you flexibility in your life and allow you to take care of you so with that further ado, let's dive deep into the steps of mapping a career strategy. Step one, you need to review your strengths, weaknesses, motivators, and values. Uh, developing a career strategy is kind of like constructing a building. You have to start with a solid foundation and bit by bit work your way towards the top. Some people are lucky, they can get to the top pretty quickly, but for the majority of us, this isn't applicable. Before you do anything else, you need to analyze your strengths and weaknesses as well as understanding your values and what motivates you. Because we think we're motivated by just blatantly saying, oh, we're motivated by good patient care or whatever. But really, at the depth of that, we do have motivators like more patient interactions, more time for ourselves in the weekends, more time to spend talking to patients, more time focusing on clinical interventions, more time at highlighting drug interactions and so on, or more time collaborating with providers. We need to know, or you need to know, what are your strengths and weaknesses. Or for example, you might be very poor at collaborating with providers and you might uh, prefer a non-patient facing role, for example. So you need to know what is it um, that is a forte for you, what makes you, um, what is a strength for you as a pharmacist, what is a weakness for you as a pharmacist, so you can um, capitalize on your strength and avoid your weaknesses. So start by looking at your strengths and weaknesses. What do you excel at in the role you're in now, for example, and what skills have allowed you to shine in previous roles or in your existing role? Conversely, what are your weakest skills or the tasks you find most difficult or just do not enjoy? Um, when I say don't enjoy, I don't want you to think that you should avoid everything that you don't enjoy because look, there are days that I don't want to record this podcast, for example, you know, I 
right now I feel like sitting down and reading a book. So not in everything in life is enjoyment. And sometimes there will be tasks that are just blatantly boring that we have to do, but get us to a bigger ultimate goal. Because if I look at it uh, as overall, I enjoy podcasting. I enjoy recording these podcasts. But yes, I do have my ups and downs and I do have days when I don't exactly feel like doing it but I know that if I don't do it it's never going to get done and when I look at or review my output say in a month or two I will be very disappointed in myself because I will have missed out on something that I truly enjoy uh, doing so when I say it you know avoid or look at things that you enjoy or the tasks that you enjoy or don't enjoy um, please do bear that in mind remember that strengths and weaknesses aren't always obvious so for instance you might be great at creating harmony in a group you might be very good at winning others over to your side you might be good at communication uh, you might have a talent for inspiring people to go along with a new initiative these are all strengths can be also helpful to do personal SWOT analysis during this first step so SWOT analysis is outlining your strength weaknesses what opportunities do you have or skills or talents that you're not maximizing on and what are some threats what are things that are cause of threat to you what are things that you get threatened by you know do you find competitive competition a threat uh, and so on and so forth the next step uh, i'll also put a link to a personal swot analysis in the episode show notes for those who want to complete one the next uh, thing you need to do in step one still we're still under reviewing your strength weaknesses motivators and values is to analyze what motivates you in your career so um, specifically these are some questions that you could ask yourself so for example what tasks or projects or roles get you excited right now uh, what type of role would you be motivated to work towards in the future if not in the immediate future in the long future what can you you know build or work towards what interests you about your current position or your colleagues and your organization and which responsibilities would you enjoy that you don't already have or what are some skills or talents as I said before that you had that you could incorporate into your career as well so just think about your career altogether and just find exactly what it is that motivates you and write that down this is also a good time to analyze what makes you happy in your life uh, remember that the ikigai model that I discussed in the last season I'll put a link to it in the uh, episode notes as well in an article hopefully I remember to actually um, put all these links in the episode notes anyway ikigai is you know as we discussed is about your purpose your why why do you wake up in the morning what is it that you're good at that contributes to the world that you can get paid for and so on so think about that when you're outlining when you outline your motivations for the role that you're in and lastly identify your values this is important because you can use these as a map to guide your decisions your career strategy should be directed by your values just as much as by your dreams focus on identifying your top five values so values you know don't need to be around just your professional life also your personal life um, for example family time could be a value for you uh, or family life is, is paramount for all of us but could be one of the things because you want a career that is shaped around your values you know if you're working like me uh, or you were working like me weekend jobs then and family life is a priority for you then obviously that doesn't align with your values step two is knowing your comparative or competitive advantage once you have a good idea of your strength and motivators, you need to identify your competitive advantage. This is something that you can do uniquely well compared uh, with the people around you or the other pharmacists that are around you. So it could be a strength, a skill set or quality that is unique to you that will add value to your organization 
or your future organization or your future role that you want to work in. It's important to know your competitive advantage because using this trait or skill will help you succeed in your career. Remember in the last episode when I talked about uh, specialized knowledge and this could be anything, it could be pharmacy or non-pharmacy related, like for example, I'm a really good writer and combine that as a skill set and it puts me above, a cut above other people, um, you know, when I write, write for, for the organizations that I work in, for example. Uh, another competitive advantage is my skill set as a telepharmacist or being very competent in providing virtual health care. So just think along those lines. What are the things that make you uniquely you that nobody else or no other pharmacist might have? Don't discount your value. Don't undermine the skill system, the values you have, because you never know how people perceive what you put down as a value or a skill, sorry, as a skill set that you have. You will be surprised. Remember, your competitive advantage isn't always what you do best. It's something you're better at than anyone else and fills a niche in the industry that you're in. So bear that in mind. It doesn't have to be something that you're 100% good at, but something that you're better at than anyone else. If you're struggling to discover your own competitive advantage, think back to the last few performance reviews you've had where things might have been highlighted. You know, have um, your boss or other colleagues praised you or commended you for any particular skills, traits or successes uh, on a constant basis. If so, this might offer some clues as to what your competitive advantage is. You can also look back at the strength you identified in step one and ask colleagues, um, Uh, patients or even friends or close family members for their input although I have to admit sometimes family members can be quite critical Um, but yeah colleagues are usually good uh, indicators of what your competitive advantage might be and sometimes we don't really see what is good in us we are too critical of ourselves as well and it's good to have an outsider's view of what we think we're good at. Now on to step three, research possibilities and make the most of opportunities. Whether you can see them right away or not, there may be many opportunities of growth and advancement in your current organization or in your current industry or even just working for yourself, but it's up to you to identify and make the most of these opportunities. You can revisit your personal SWOT analysis that you've undertaken in step one and identify what opportunities might be available to you that come from your strength. What are things that you have that you're not maximizing on, strength that you have that you're not maximizing on? I never knew I was a writer up until three years ago when I started writing, so that was a skill that has been dormant for a very uh, long portion of my career, sadly. But it is things like that that we don't know that we're good at until we really start to experiment and just lead by our curiosity, just giving it a go. Make sure that you stay up to date with what your organization or your industry also offer you and be certain to take advantage of any training or developmental courses when it comes to um, identifying opportunities. Even short courses in specific uh, fields that provide you with the specialized knowledge that we talked about last time could be very helpful for you to be led by your curiosity and identify a field that you're passionate about that you can see an opportunity in. The people around you can also help you, as I said, identify uh, opportunities. For instance, an experienced mentor that you have or a, or a colleague can help you enormously in your career especially when he or she is someone that you trust and respect so don't be scared to reach out to people close to you mentors or colleagues and actually explicitly ask them you know what are things that I have or strength that I have or, or opportunities that I could maximize on that I don't see in myself ask them and spend a few sessions talking to them about this as well now on to step four developing your expertise 
by now you should be starting to create an image in your mind that revolves around what you're good at, what you're interested in, what motivates you, and the opportunities that you have available. Remember the manifestation session or the visualization imagination session we talked about or the podcast I discussed uh, a few episodes ago? This is what this is about. Uh, it's about finding out what ideas using your imagination combined combine that with what motivates you to create a plan for yourself or develop your expertise in a specific area or specialized knowledge in a specific area. Now you need to develop the expertise needed for the next step forward. To build expertise, identify the knowledge skills, uh, certifications as I said or specialized knowledge or degrees or whatever. You need to reach to that wall that you want to see yourself in in the long term. This is closely tied with the previous steps that we've discussed and also the previous episodes since there may be plenty of opportunities to develop your expertise within your organization or the industry. There is so much opportunity as we, uh, out there and there are so many areas in pharmacy that require specialized knowledge that we just don't actively think about. We don't think there is need for pharmacists in those areas but there is active need for pharmacists in so many areas in healthcare that we often don't think about. And step five is all about networking. Professional networking is such an important aspect of creating a good career strategy. After all, people can only help you if they know about you, which is why you need to get to know the people who can help you achieve your goals. So if you recall correctly back to episode two of this season when I discussed about knowing someone who knew the CEO that I reached out to to get the role that I applied for or I created for myself as a telepharmacist and that's because I kept myself out there on LinkedIn and I saw opportunities and uh, just networked with people from all walks of the industry. So remember you can network with colleagues in different departments as well as suppliers and professionals and other organizations as well. Um, using a tool such as LinkedIn is so important i just can't emphasize and highlight this enough linkedin is instrumental and was instrumental and still is instrumental in shaping my career it is the reason why i'm here uh, recording this podcast today in fact it has just created so much opportunity for me beyond what i imagined i ever would have so plan uh, the networking needed to do Take advantage of any opportunities that exist in your industry and keep in mind that networking works both ways. You'll get the biggest benefit if you try to help others too. I created a really good network of like-minded pharmacists. I often post about this on it, uh, on LinkedIn. In fact, you know, I gave, I, I gave and I still give a lot uh, for free because it is nurturing those professional relationships that really matter. And when you give away and help others, you'll get it back 10 times. And I talked about this in the last episode. Uh, season of this podcast. So I know networking can be pretty daunting and scary, but I'm just going to go through a few networking steps quickly and I'm going to put a link uh, to an article that I wrote about about networking on LinkedIn and you can read it too. But I'll quickly just recap those networking steps for you or tips for you so that you can bear those in mind. <music> There are five fundamental steps in my view to networking effectively, especially on platforms like LinkedIn. 
Step one is to identify your networking goals. So open like a Google Doc or a notepad or whatever, or type it or write it, whatever you want to do. Um, and just write down the answer to these two questions. What do you hope to achieve by networking? And do you want to find a mentor, a new job, or simply expand your professional circle? For me, it was about expanding my professional circle because I, quite frankly, did not know what I wanted to achieve from networking. But once you've identified the goals, it is much easier to find the right people to network with or even events to attend, which I'll talk to in, a, in, in another step to help you achieve that goal. If you have no idea or clarity in what you want to achieve, don't let that be a reason why you don't reach out and connect with colleagues. Honestly, you will learn so much and you have nothing to lose. So uh, I knew for a start I wanted to connect with pharmacists. So that was a good starting point for me. And then I began connecting with industry leaders and so on and just reaching out to them and introducing myself. And I'll tell you how in another step. Step two in networking is to build your network. You can do this by attending industry events, whether it's virtual or in-person, reaching out and connecting to people or, sorry, pharmacists or industry leaders or whatever on LinkedIn, and joining professional online groups. Introducing yourself is essential when you're connecting with new pharmacists or new people, and you should explain why you're interested in connecting with them. I did this for the first 1,000 people, to be honest, I connected with on LinkedIn, and then it just got a bit uh, overwhelming, and I stopped doing it, to be honest, recently, but it is an essential step. Uh, at the beginning of your journey to just build and nurture the, those connections and um, in the article you are going to find some templates if you go and read it about how you know what what kind of message you can write to people in a connection request step three is to nurture your connections or your relationships follow up with your connections from time to time uh, if not via messaging then engage with their linkedin posts by commenting look for opportunities to offer value like sharing a free resource that may be helpful to them or something they're working on uh, nurture your network by posting regularly so you become a familiar face on the platform. Share industry insights and news relevant to your network and connect your connections. This is perhaps the most valuable contribution on LinkedIn and is one when you connect two people who may benefit from connecting to each other. And I've done this quite a bit with some of my colleagues. So they could be sharing uh, similar industries, similar interests or collaborate. They could have potential collaboration on a project so that's uh, that puts you in as an industry leader step number four is attending and creating events on linkedin so linkedin is the best platform for this every day there are numerous virtual events taking place i've attended and created linkedin live events and these events are a great connection hub it is a great way to expand your network and meet new people and most importantly build authority in your niche um, i've also outlined some steps to how you can find events in your industry or create events in the article so please go and visit that in the episode show notes if you want to find out more step number five and the final and most important step in networking is to give back remember to give back to your network offer your time and expertise to others and look for opportunities to help them achieve their goals and by being a valuable member of your network you will build a strong reputation and increase your own visibility in the industry don't wait until you get before you give. That's not how it works. Uh, I've learned that the abundant mindset prevails when it comes to sharing information and giving online and in person. So even when you don't feel like you're getting much back, you'll be surprised at how abundant the universe is. So just give and give freely. So these are the five fundamental steps to networking. Please don't ignore them. It may sound like a whole uh, lot of huffing and puffing, but trust me, these are the things that I have trialed and tested on LinkedIn that have worked for me when it comes to step number five in the career strategy or networking. I know this is uh, very complicated um, with all these steps, but take the time to note down and write all these steps and uh, brainstorm them because it is time well invested. Don't go away. I'll be back right after the break. 
Hey pharmacists, I'm interrupting this podcast to bring you some phenomenal news. I'm working on something super exciting to elevate your pharmacy career. Head over to www.katrinaazer.com to find out more and join the waitlist if you're interested. Step number six is analyzing your current options. Once you have thought about the big picture and have started building expertise and have planned your networking and started networking and identifying which platform you want to network on and so on and so forth, it's time to look at the short-term tactical options available to you right now. Those little annoying, mundane, boring steps that you think, oh, I'll do it today, tomorrow, next month, whatever, because it's not important. They are fundamental steps to take to build your long-term vision. So what you need to think about right now is, is there an upcoming project that would allow you to showcase your competitive advantage so that you can shine in front of people who matter? For example, think about my writing that I talked about in the second episode of this podcast or this season, sorry, when I just put my writing out on LinkedIn and then I got opportunities from that. These are little steps that you can take to build your career. I could have built my career further and gone into medical writing and I do do a bit of medical writing from time to time, but it is not the thing that I have chosen to capitalize on um, because I felt like I'm more into creative writing. But that is just an example of a step that I've taken to showcase my competitive advantage in the industry. If someone in your department or is someone in your department vacating uh, a position currently or taking a leave of absence, if so, could you volunteer to take his or her place? Now, don't be put off by volunteering opportunities. Remember, I discussed volunteering can be really important. Offer yourself or your services for free initially because people might not know what a fit you are in that position and you might, uh, you know, want to trial it. You may not like it just as well as they may not like it either so it's good to give it a trial for a week or so just to see what you're like in that position whether you like it or not or whether you're fit or not and number uh, three is there a challenging task that you could do to use your skills in a new way the reason i say challenging task is sometimes not being challenged in our careers is a reason why we get so bored and decide to move on we all need a challenge not a challenge that can't be overcome of course but we all need tasks to a level at or a little bit higher than our capabilities because that is what makes us fulfilled and I know that um, uh, Mihaly Shizmanyaki is someone who talks about creativity a lot and says that uh, we feel most fulfilled when we undertake tasks that are at or slightly above our skill set level because they keep us engaged they keep us tackling a problem they keep us finding a solution rather than feeling that we're bored because it is something that is repetitive mundane and we've done over and over again and number four is there any way that you could craft your job to get the experience you want and i know i've discussed this a lot in the last few episodes you can absolutely craft your career so if you were to craft your job what would it look like and could you set up a a demo model of that role and trial it to see if it is something that you would enjoy doing before i launched my business formally right made right does.com seven months ago i had a lot of research and development and beta testing and pretty much had a we demo model of how it would look like and beta trialed it with 20 patients before i launched it formally just to see if it is something that i'd enjoy doing and it is something that is sustainable and would practically work in the long run so there is no harm at all in trialing that See if you can come up with a list of options that will start you moving in the right direction towards fulfilling your long-term goals for your career. Step number seven is pulling it all together. 
by this stage, you should be able to answer these questions. What are your biggest strengths? What are your biggest weaknesses? What really motivates you at work and what uh, makes you truly happy? Not all the time. You're not going to be happy all the time. There are always up and ups and downs in any role. I have a lot of downs right now, but it is part of that mountain that I'm climbing and it is um, the fulfillment is in the climb, not just the final destination. And what are your top five values? Uh, what's your competitive advantage? What makes you unique in uh, your organization or in your careers of pharmacist? What do you stand out for? What knowledge or skills or qualifications do you need to acquire in order to move forward and excel towards your long-term goal? Remember, it has to be something that you're truly passionate about that aligns with your purpose and not just another credential or qualification that is trending. Uh, and which of your colleagues or bosses or mentors are in a position to help you advance that or give you some insight into your strengths and weaknesses, for example. There is nothing better than accountability to help you achieve long-term goals. So even if you had to pay for it, I truly encourage you to do that because think about all the times that you said you'd do things that you never did or all those steps that you said you'd take that you never did. Uh, having an accountability partner is so important, whether it's a mentor or a colleague, to achieving your long-term goals. And you could reciprocate that too. It could be a colleague that is equally working towards advancing their career and you could hold each other accountable. And finally, what options are available to you right now that could allow you to either use your current skills in a new way or really stand out from the crowd of pharmacists? Take some time to analyze what this information says about you and what you want from your career. Then use this information to take the next step and move forward. And here is the final step. Step number eight is actually moving forward and actioning that plan that you have invested, hopefully, some time in writing down or creating. Now that you've identified what you want out of your career, and when I say identify what you want out of your career, career, you need to be really explicit, like write exactly what it is you want. What position is it that you want to either create or apply for? What is your ideal way of practicing as a pharmacist? What fulfills you most? You need to be so explicit because when you're explicit, you're going to design this career strategy and every little step that you take to achieve that bigger outcome. So be as explicit as you can. Hopefully you've also answered the key questions about what's important to you that I outlined above. And out of the back of that, it's time to start setting the personal career goals that will help you move forward. It's really important to set both short-term and long-term goals. So I usually, um, when I did, well, when I did this exercise, I had a massive A3 sheet of paper and it kind of looked exactly like Bermuda's Triangle. There was stuff written everywhere with um, speech bubbles and what have you, ideas. It's all scribbled. Remember, you're going to have several iterations of this. Uh, the point is you need to make it a fun exercise, but it is one that you actually do take action on. It is okay for it to be messy initially, but please just spend the time in creating this because I assure you it is something that you're not going to regret if you're not happy where you are, if you're not fulfilled, if you don't think that you have, um, you know, maximized on your full potential, that there's something better for you out there, please take the time to complete these exercises. Um, and so, yeah. Just have short-term and long-term goals. Short-term goals are goals you can accomplish within the next few weeks or month in the, you know, immediate interim. And long-term goals should be achievable in the next year, two years, or even five years, just wherever you want to hit to. But I don't think it should take that long. I mean, I it took me kind of um, six months of brainstorming of all this and trialing. You know, I trialed 
or you know chase my curiosity i worked in various settings i left retail i provided law coming services i vaccinated did a bit of consulting and so on until i found out what it is that i really wanted to pursue what it is that i was passionate about then i did this exercise of my you know of setting my career strategy or career map so please don't take this uh podcast episode lightly because these were the exact steps that I followed and all the questions that I answered that led me to where I am now and I had an accountability mentor that really helped me to stick to my goals I had a very strict schedule I've put deadlines my calendar is like the president's calendar if anything it's just full of tasks tasks and more tasks but at least they work for me they work around my day so don't take this exercise lightly is the point that I'm making because it is really worthwhile as always i'm gonna add a worksheet of all the steps discussed above and a link uh, in the link to the episode notes i'm also going to add quite a bit of quite a few links um, that i've discussed about articles and so on that would be very helpful for you in this exercise i hope that you found this episode and the resources helpful to get you shaping your career strategy trust me pharmacists the time you put into this is the best investment you'll ever make and will save you a lot of heartache I hope this has been helpful for you and until next time, happy goal setting. See you in the next episode. You've been listening to the PharmExcel podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate and give us a review of this podcast. Feel free to send us your questions and comments to discuss on the show and join me next week for another amazing conversation. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.